Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to episode number 203 of the Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? I'm your host, Chris Tripodi, and with me, as always, is Tony Pauline. And we're back this week to wrap up the prospects to watch from the Southeastern Conference, or the SEC as everybody knows it. This weekend, we will officially have college football with five games on Saturday and 25 more to come next Wednesday through Friday until we get to the first full college football Saturday right after that. Fun times are ahead, Tony. They are. I mean, Nebraska at Illinois, I think, sets a tone for that second tier in the Big Ten. That's uh, really the first kickoff game uh, Saturday. I believe it's 1 o'clock. It's a Fox game. Illinois has got a lot of uh, prospects. Nebraska has struggled, even though they're now being investigated for breaking a few rules last week. Uh, Hawaii UCLA. I mean, it's a game that Chip Kelly has really got to uh, win. UConn uh, makes its way back to the football field after, you know, voluntarily sitting out the uh, entire 2020 season because of COVID. That is a, uh, a program that is in flux. I mean, they're no longer in the AAC. They've been terrible uh, since the return of Randy Etzel. They've got a few NFL prospects. They fly out to Fresno State. I'd be surprised if uh, they're able to stay in the game after the first two quarters against Fresno State. Now we'll get to this week's show in just a minute. But first, a word from our sponsor. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. Whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win the championship, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for your online sports betting needs and speaking of college football week zero three of those games tony mentioned earlier projected to be blowouts including that uconn game they've spreads over 17 points the tightest ones nebraska favored by seven over illinois and utep favored by 10 over new mexico state yeah i don't know i like that illinois team uh, i mean obviously with brett Belima there I, I think that game is going to be in play and Listen, I'm never betting for UTEP. They've lost to several Division One AA programs in the past, and New Mexico State's not that bad of a team. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to betonline.ag and start playing today. Bet online, 
your online sportsbook experts. Now, the SEC, as we said last week, 65 total players drafted in April, 12 first-round picks, 26 of those 65, exactly 40%, played for the teams that we'll discuss on this show. Two first-rounders, including LSU wide receiver Jamar Chase and South Carolina cornerback J.C. Horn. Tony, I know you said last week to expect a down year from the SEC relative to what it normally provides from an NFL draft perspective. What do you see from the back half of the conference we'll be discussing here today? Well, once again, LSU is going to lead the pack this time with a cornerback that we'll talk to. And I mean, you know, two guys you just mentioned right there who were selected in April's draft were top 10 picks. I don't know that that's going to happen that the uh, SEC will have two top 10 picks, although they could with one of the LSU guys. One team we won't be talking about is Vanderbilt, because while they had some draftable prospects uh, last year, they all uh, transferred. So they're not on the Vanderbilt roster anymore. Vanderbilt, who's undergoing a coaching change after letting Derek Mason go, a team that you know occasionally steps up in the rankings and in the draft, uh, don't see any good coming out of them in, in 2021. Now, before we get into the teams in the back half of the SEC, we have a quick message from our new friends over at Balance 7. So I don't know if you heard, but apparently former NBA player Lamar Odom may be returning to professional basketball in Spain soon. I was reading a press release about how he started taking a pH balancing alkaline supplement called Balance 7. And that's what helped him bounce back from his hospitalization in 2015. He even said, quote, I have an enormous amount of energy, which is good for me. It's important when working out. I always need energy to level up. I couldn't agree more with Lamar. After watching him fight Aaron Carter in July's celebrity boxing match, I think it's safe to say that Balance 7 is working for him. And the cool thing is we have a promotion running with Balance 7 right now. If you go to their website, balance7.com, that's the number seven, not spelled out. You can use the code believe at checkout and you'll receive a free four-ounce bottle of My Smooth Skin with any purchase of Balance 7 products. That product retails at $13.99, so I'd say it's worth it. Again, head to balance7.com and use the code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, at checkout to get in on the promotion. I know I will. If it worked for Lamar, it can work for you too. Now, starting off with the LSU Tigers that Tony mentioned in the intro, seven draft picks in April, fourth time in the last five drafts, the Tigers have had at least that many players selected. Before I mentioned Jamar Chase and fellow wide receiver Terrace Marshall Jr. were the only top 100 picks in that bunch. Could certainly be more than that in the 2022 draft, but the top prospects are on the defensive side of the ball this time around. That cornerback that Tony mentioned, Derek Stingley Jr., a player that both of us put in our top 10 mock draft back in June, a true junior who made an immediate impact as a freshman in 2019 on that national title team with Joe Burrow, six interceptions, 15 pass breakups that season. Wasn't quite as good in 2020 statistically or on film, but the talent is there to be easily the top cornerback in this class. It's got the size, the speed, the ball skills, top-notch physicality, really the whole package and everything you want in a corner especially if he gets back to his old ways this season. Now, senior pass rusher Ali Gay, not quite the total package like his teammate, but still an excellent prospect in his own right. A junior college transfer who had nine and a half tackles for loss and two sacks in his 2020 debut for LSU. He's long and athletic off the edge, has the growth potential to add weight, which really is his main drawback as a prospect. But if he can turn his traits 
into big time production this season and he adds some weight before the 2022 draft, he could be a hot commodity. Also a pair of intriguing senior guards, Chasen Hines and Ed Ingram. Hines, the better prospect, he's bigger, he's more athletic, he's more position versatility as he played some center in 2019 in addition to guard last season. While Ingram, great in a phone booth, not quite as mobile as his teammate, won't fit all schemes at the next level, but definitely a powerful blocker on the interior. Break down LSU for us, Tony. Yeah, you know, as you said with Derek Stingley, as most people remember, he was just sensational as a true freshman in 2019. I mean, someone that consistently shut down when basically LSU was checking all the boxes. Did struggle at times last year. I believe he got, if I remember correctly, he got hammered by uh, Devonta Smith. Uh, but it was a weird year for LSU last season. So we know he's got the ball skills from his past film. He's got great size. He's athletic. He's got good bloodlines. This is a big year for him. I think if he has the type of season that he had in 2019, Derek Stingley is going to be a top 10 pick. If he doesn't improve from 2020, I still think he's a first round pick, but it's more of a mid first round pick. So we'll see how, uh, what his return is like to the field. Ali Gay, in a lot of ways, reminds me of former LSU pass rusher Arden Key during Key's early uh, years at the LSU when everyone thought he was going to be a top 10 pick, not the Arden key that struggled off the field with issues later in his career and never really seemed to get together as an NFL player, but he's that type of tall, angular, athletic pass rusher. Who's quick off the edge, fast up the field. He can change direction. You know, as you said, he's got to put some weight on his frame, but he goes six foot six. So uh, I would assume he should be able to put on 70 pounds uh, I'm sorry, he should be able to put on 20 pounds to move him up to about 278 pounds, 280 pounds, and he's not going to lose that much speed. I have a first round grade on him. A lot of other scouts I've spoken to have a first round grade on him. There are some scouts that are not as high as on Ali Gay. They have him as a fourth rounder. But I think when you watch the film, he's a guy that gets up the field and makes a lot of plays and forces the action behind the line of scrimmage. Jason Hines. Uh, is an athletic and relatively mobile offensive guard who may kick into a center uh, at the next level. Ed Ingram is more of a mauler, doesn't have the same mobility uh, as Hines, doesn't have the versatility, really not much of a zone blocker, but he's a guy who will pound you in the ground. I have Hines graded slightly higher than Ingram. There are some scouts that have Hines graded higher than Ingram. Then there are scouts that have Ingram as a uh, second round pick and Hines as, as a six rounder. So, there's a variety of opinions on those guys. They've got a couple of other players to keep an eye on. Uh, Micah Baskerville, the uh, linebacker, six foot tall, maybe just slightly under six foot one, 224 pounds, an explosive run and chase linebacker who I think is underrated. Keep an eye on Darren Evans, the cornerback, who's going to be a full-time starter this year. Flashed ability uh, uh, last year when he was on the field. And Damon Clark, Damon Clark, who was great in 2019, Struggled to see the field in 2020 because of the depth of the linebacker position at LSU. Returned last year, had his moments, goes 6'3", 240 pounds, runs in the four sixes. Sometimes uh, it gets a little hazy for him. He doesn't show the greatest of instincts in his game, but he's got a high upside. If he's able to pull it together as a senior, he can move up draft boards. And we've seen that often from linebackers out of LSU. Heading east to Mississippi, two selections in the 2021 draft after none. In 2020, wide receiver Elijah Moore in round two and guard Royce Newman in round four, likely to have more picks next year and is led by two more offensive linemen, center Ben Brown and left tackle Nick Broker. Brown is a player who started 
his Rebels career at right guard, moved to center last season, similar in many ways skill-wise to Jason Hines, who we just discussed, his size, versatility, and his movement ability. Whereas Broker, a first-year starter as a sophomore last season, he's got the size and the feet to stick at left tackle, just needs to continue to develop his game to maintain his role on the blind side. On the defensive side of the ball, top two prospects for Mississippi, linebacker Lakia Henry, a bit small, but very productive in 2020 with 62 tackles in nine games, five of them for loss after he led the team in tackles in 2019, while safety A.J. Finley took over as a starter last season, also had 62 tackles, three interceptions, and seven pass breakups for Finley in 2020, a good all-around campaign for the rising junior. Tony, what do you see at Mississippi for the 2022 draft? I see a lot of potential, but I also see a lot of wait and see. I mean, you talked about the two top offensive linemen. Ben Brown's a guy who can play guard or center. He's big. He's smart. He's tough, but he's also not the most mobile guy. Broker's a guy who showed me a lot at left tackle. I think he's got a high upside, but I grade him as a fourth rounder. When you get into the late rounds, or at least the day three guys, you're talking about players like Lakia Henry. Lakia Henry a year ago, or coming into the 2020 season, was graded by some scouts as a second round pick. He's now graded as a mid to late day three selection. I have him as a fifth rounder. Uh, Tariq Tisdale is someone who was also graded highly a year ago, but he really didn't make too many plays last year. He flashed ability. And he was someone that, that when we did our Mississippi review or preview, I should say, a year ago, I talked highly of him, but he really didn't show up except for on occasion. So he's a, a late rounder as well. So you've got other guys, Sam Williams, the uh, outside linebacker, pass rusher, Keandron Smith, the cornerback. These are guys who a year ago were rated higher than they are now and are really coming off of a poor season. Same thing with Jacquez Jones, the linebacker. I mean, a guy who at one point in time people thought was a middle round pick. Off the 2020 film, scouts feel, uh, you know, he's a street free agent. Ironically, or maybe not, or coincidentally, I should say, all the guys I talk about are defensive prospects. And if you watch Mississippi last year, they were great on offense, but their defense was porous as Swiss cheese. So uh, they're going to have to tighten that side of the ball up. And if they do, those guys will see a rise in their draft stock. Now staying in the state and going over to Mississippi State, two seventh round picks this year should do better. In 2022, if their top juniors declare, center Cole Smith and cornerback Martin Emerson are both third-day prospects right now, which means there is a reasonable chance that both return for their senior seasons. But Smith started his college career at LSU, redshirted, then transferred to Mississippi State, so he lost a year of eligibility in there, which makes it even more likely that he returns in 2022. But he did start all but one game last season, good strength and movement skills, just needs to put more tape on film. Emerson played the run very well. Last season, 72 tackles in 11 games. Broke up 11 passes as well. He's got good size and length. The lone senior on the depth chart with a draftable grade right now is pass rusher Tyrus Wheat. It's a Juco transfer, 30 tackles last season, six of them for loss, five sacks in his debut for the Bulldogs. He lacks great length, but he's a very good athlete who certainly comes with intrigue, but overall, Really not a banner draft class for the Bulldogs in 2022. Bad. I mean, you wonder how they're going to do. You wonder what's going to happen with Mike Leach there. I mean, he creates so much controversy. Uh, they were what? Uh, they, they made that uh, that bowl game against Tulsa. And the, what everybody remembers of that bowl game a year ago was that uh, 
was that big uh, melee at the end, that big brawl at the end of the game where Mike Leach basically came out and said, well, you know, that sort of stuff happens, which I, I thought was not a good comment. You know, on the field, Cole Smith, solid player, but a day three pick. Tyrus Wheat's a good player, but he's got a funky body. He goes 6'2", 270. He's quick. He has a burst. But what do you do with a guy like that, 6'2", 270? Is, is he a defensive tackle in a four-man front? Is he a defensive end? He doesn't have much growth potential. Good football player. But I think uh, when you're looking at that size, you're, you know, it's not a hot commodity to come draft time, a draft day, draft weekend. And it's uh, a player like that ends up late in the rounds. Now moving a bit north to Missouri, five selections in April, the most for the Tigers since they had six in 2015. It was led by linebacker Nick Bolton in round two and safety Tyree Gillespie in round four. And the top talent for the Tigers again is on the defensive side of the ball. Former Tulsa cornerback Caleb Evans joins Missouri after he missed most of 2019 with a shoulder injury, returned last year to play nine games, yet to intercept a pass in his career. But he does have excellent length and is a physical corner. Pass rusher Trajan Jeffcoat was expected to take on a big role in 2019, mysteriously missed that season. It was announced in October of that year that he was no longer enrolled in school. We still don't know officially what happened there, but he came back in 2020, had 23 tackles and six sacks in nine games. Definitely some upside in Jeff Coates' game, just a junior. So really, could just be getting started after that missed season. You know, uh, let, let's go with uh, uh, Caleb Evans, who is graded by some scouts as a top 45 pick. He's got great size. He's a fierce guy. He plays big football. Uh, as you said, was at Tulsa last year. Went the grad transfer route. There was some talk he was going to end up at Notre Dame. Goes to Missouri. He's got the size and the speed that scouts want for the next level. He's got the size and the speed to be a top 45 pick. My concern about him is he struggles making plays with his back to the ball. He does a lot of face guarding. He's better facing the action. If he gets that uh, portion of his game figured out, he goes to the senior bowl and in the one-on-ones, he's able to cover the guys and get his head back around and position himself to make plays on the ball. He's going to be an early pick. He's going to be a top 60 pick, assuming he doesn't run a tailbone at the time at the combine. He has that ability. It's just a matter of him uh, pulling it all together. I really like Trajan Jeffcoat when I watched him. I gave him a fifth-round grade now. I think he's got a high upside. He could move you know, into the top 100 picks if he ha- has another good season and has good workouts. He's fast off the edge. He's a guy who's rarely off his feet, uh, gets a lot of pressure up the field. There were some uh, scouts that liked Tyler Batty. Uh, the undersized running back, five seven and a half, 191 pounds. He's a playmaker. He's explosive in space. I just don't know that he's going to be a big commodity on draft day. Now, South Carolina, four draft picks this year, second straight year with that many, and that included a aforementioned first-rounder, J.C. Horn. Could have more total picks in 2022's draft, but none that are going to sniff the first round. Running back Kevin Harris, the top prospect on the Gamecocks board, 185 carries for 1,138 yards and 15 touchdowns in 2020. Added 21 catches for 159 yards and one TD as a receiver. He's a big back with good speed and some receiving chops as well. Certainly a potential day two pick with that kind of skill set. Blocking for Harris, offensive tackle Dylan Wanham, the brother of former Gamecock and current Viking DJ Wanham, slated to play right tackle in 2021. Although he's made four starts at left tackle, in his career, too, he's got good size and strength, more of a right tackle or even a guard at the NFL level, though. And then pass rusher Jordan Strachan 
a transfer from Georgia State, missed the 2019 season with a knee injury, came back to set the school record in 2020 with 10 and a half sacks in 10 games. Now he moves to the SEC. He's a great athlete with good size. If he can translate his production over and be an impact pass rusher, you're looking at a guy who probably isn't going to make it out of the top 100 because as we've talked about a lot on this show, anytime you have a pass rusher with that kind of ability, they rarely make it to the third day of the draft. And most of the scouts I've spoken with have a third round grade on them. So that's what scouts are thinking right now. I want to see, you know, the transition from the Sun Belt to the SEC and how he stands up for that competition. I also want to see how he's used. I mean, South Carolina is a team with a new head coach, uh, a team that, you know, really, really didn't live up to expectations and couldn't get their quarterback situation straight for the past couple of years. But you look at Strachan, six, three and a half, slightly under 230 pounds, plays on the low four sevens. He's very fierce and very productive up the field. Can he make plays in space? Can he make plays in coverage? You know, he's going to have more responsibilities at that size playing off the ball in the NFL. Let's see if he's asked to do that in South Carolina and let's see how successful he is. Kevin Harris is, I graded him as a third rounder, the third year junior, the running back. He's explosive. He picks up big chunks of yardage from the line of scrimmage. He finds ways to be consistently productive, solid pass catcher out of the backfield. Dylan Wanham, two years ago, I had him highly rated when he was a left tackle. He's played both left and right tackle. The thing with Wanham is I grade him as a late fourth round pick right now. I've never saw any consistent improvement in his game. He seems to have leveled off the past three years when I had high hopes for him two years ago. I still like him. He's got a decent upside. I just want to see some progress in his game. Interesting part I got to keep an eye on Nick Muse, the tight end who comes back for another season, six, four and a half, 245 pounds. Not the fastest guy, but shows the ability to get down the field. Consistent pass catcher, real good blocker. I, I like his game a lot. Uh, I just think that it's, it's going to translate into a day three pick where he'll have the ability to be a number three or potentially number two tight end in the NFL. Of Tennessee, two picks in the 2021 draft. Second straight year, they've had two players selected after none in 2019. And two picks might happen again for the third straight year for the Vols. Two seniors on the roster get draftable grades. Cornerback Elante Taylor missed a couple games last season due to a nagging hamstring injury. But when he was on the field for eight games, 29 tackles, one interception, four pass breakups, good size, but really yet to put it all together as a player on the field. 2021 is going to be his shot to prove that he's more than a third-day defensive back. Guard Cade Mays hopes to follow in the footsteps of former linemate Trey Smith and get drafted on day three. Of course, Smith was once the top senior prospect in the nation, fell in the draft solely because of health reasons. Mays, not quite on the same level talent-wise as Smith certainly, transferred to Tennessee from Georgia after the 2019 season, has started at every position along the offensive line besides center since then is a mauler on the inside set to man the pivot at center again in 2021, but really prospect wise, that's about it. When it comes to Tennessee, any other volunteers intrigue you at all, Tony? Juwan Mitchell, who uh, transferred the linebacker who transferred over from Texas. I mean, he's a guy, when you watch him, it was uh, making plays sideline to sideline. I like his upside a little bit, short, if you will, but but a guy who's pretty explosive. I got a free agent grade on him, but if he has a big year, I can see him sliding into the uh, late rounds. You know, it's been a, a real tough go of it for uh, Tennessee, literally since 
Lane Kiffin left in the middle of the night. I mean, uh, this is a team that won the national championship under Philip Fulmer. You had Lane Kiffin who left. They had to bring in Derek Dooley. He was not good. Butch Jones was someone who showed flashes, but would just manufacture ways to lose games for the volunteers. You had the whole Jeremy Pruitt incident where uh, expectations were rarely met. They did win some games, but in the big games against Alabama and other rivals, they would get crushed. And then Pruitt was kicked out the door unexpectedly earlier this year. They bring in Josh Heupel from uh, Central Florida to to, uh, right the ship. Who knows? But I mean, Tennessee was a once proud program. Always look forward to the third uh, Saturday in October where they would play Florida. And, you know, it's it's been nothing but a disaster, uh, literally, since uh, the Peyton Manning years. Now, Texas A&M bounced back from having just two picks in 2020 with four in April, all of them coming in the third and fourth rounds. Still a far cry from 2019's seven draft picks for the Aggies. But 2022 should see a challenge to that 2019 number, especially if all the underclassmen on this roster declare. And really, it's not just an impressive total of prospects for Texas A&M. There's some good quality at the top, too. And that starts with junior tight end Jalen Weidermeyer. 46 catches, 506 yards, and six touchdowns catching passes from Vikings third-round pick Kellen Mond last season. Now he gets freshman Haynes King under center, who just won the starting job for the Aggies on Wednesday. Weidermeyer also impressed in his freshman season of 2019, 32 receptions for 447 yards and six scores. He's got good size, listed at 6'5", 255 by A&M. He's a decent blocker, but obviously the real intrigue here is his receiving ability. He's a complete receiver who can get downfield. He can turn short passes up the field, and he can win in contested situations. Now, he's not Kyle Pitts. Nobody is, but he is a first-round tight end prospect. Junior running back Isaiah Spiller, likely a day two running back in his own right. 188 carries, 1,036 yards, and nine touchdowns on the ground in 2020. Added 20 receptions for 193 yards through the air after he had 29 catches as a freshman. He's fast. He's quick. But he also has feature back size. He's absolutely one of the top running backs in the nation whose presence should help Haynes King get acclimated to the SEC. And then left tackle Kenyon Green sliding outside to left tackle after playing right guard as a freshman in 2019 and left guard as a sophomore last season. He's got good size and strength. He's a polished two-year starter. Now, obviously, left tackle carries significantly more draft value than either guard spot at the top. So if he's as good in 2021 as he was in 2019 and 2020, he may end up even higher than the third Aggie drafted. Now, Texas A&M has several other options on day three. Tony, tell us about them, along with this trio of top prospects from the program. Yeah, I I mean, everybody's wondering if this is the year for uh, Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M, and if he can find a competent replacement for Kellen Mond, who meant so much to that program last year, who was a day two pick in the NFL draft, it could be. You know, you talk about Weidermeyer, I likened him to Kyle Pitts at equal points in their career, although I think Weidermeyer is a better blocker. What do I mean by that? You know, Kyle Pitts was a good player, a good tight end for Florida in 2019. He was great in 2020. It was phenomenal. I mean, there was an incredible leap uh, in what he did on the football field, in part because he had a Kyle Trask growing to him. Now, I think Weidermeyer uh, basically grades out the same as Kyle Pitts in 2019, I don't know. I mean, we'll see if he can make that sort of supersonic jump. 
that Kyle Pitts did, you know, between his sophomore and junior seasons. Watermeyer is a guy who gets down the field. He plays the tight end position like a big, fast receiver. He wins out for the contested throws. I think he's actually a better blocker than Pitts is. Uh, we'll see if he develops. I mean, Pitts's uh, development was was incredible. I don't know that Weiermeyer can match that, but still, I grade him as a first rounder, and I, I think he's a legitimate number one to next level. You mentioned Isaiah Spiller. I, he's a guy who, if Weidermeyer wasn't there, they, Spiller would be the top offensive prospect on the team. He's fierce. He's got. He plays with a a, a sort of a, a confident style. Some would say arrogant style. He's consistently productive. He's a good pass catcher out of the backfield. Love his upside and potential for the next level as a feature runner. Kenyon Green, as you said, moves from guard to left tackle. I still have him as a guard on my draft board. He's a guy who is fundamentally sound. He's athletic. He's explosive. He's very strong, but he's also real good out on the second level, very good blocking emotion, which is why I love his upside potential. They've got some solid player prospects on the defensive side of the ball, which will help them. I believe in the 2021 season, uh, Leon O'Neill, the safety who is underrated uh, in my point of view, he's got excellent range. He's a complete player. I have him as a fourth rounder, which is about two rounds higher than most scouts. I like Michael Clemens, the edge rusher. I like Miles Jones, the corner. He's got terrific upside if he pulls it together, six three and a half, and he's he's got decent ball skills. A lot of players to like there at Texas A&M. Guys who I think will not only impact the 2022 draft, but could help Texas A&M compete for an SEC title this year. Now, normally Vanderbilt would round us out here, but really nothing of intrigue on the Commodores roster in terms of next level prospects. So we're going to wrap. That's it for the 203rd episode of the Draft Analyst presented by Bet Online and the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms and leave us a rating and a review. And feel free to ask us any questions and give any feedback you may have as well. We'll be back next week to wrap up the Power Conference Outlooks for the 2022 NFL Draft. But until then... For Tony Pauline, this is Chris Tripodi. Good night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.